All right, team, it's time. Let's talk about Bruno. Disney's Encanto has taken the world by storm and delighted millions of people across the globe. I hope you are one of them. And I don't know about you, but I've got that catchy music stuck in my head constantly, and I'm not complaining about it. Today, we are going to do a deep dive into the magical lessons of Encanto and how we can better connect with others through the principles of play theory and letting go and playing. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Happiness Playbook, a podcast where we explore the why and how of happiness. I'm your host, Neil Hooper, and I just wanted to remind you that life is a team sport, so let's play together. Okay, I'll try to contain my excitement as we do our post-game analysis because I'm really excited for today's show. But last time, we chatted about performance under pressure. The play of the week was to ask yourself, what is the task at hand during times of stress? I did this several times during the week. And when Aubrey was at culinary school especially, and I was manning the daddy daycare here at the house, there were so many moments where I was getting stressed and, you know, the kids were being a handful. And it was so powerful and grounding to ask that question. What is the task at hand? And oftentimes that helped me narrow it in onto the very next stage of the evening schedule. You know, whether it was bath time or story time or brushing teeth or whatever, it just helped me focus on the task at hand. This is a very powerful play and I hope that we can keep applying it. So keep asking this question and let us know how it goes on social media. Speaking of social media, you probably saw, if you follow us on social media, but it's worth celebrating here with you because January was indeed our best month ever for podcast downloads. We had over 1,500 listens, which is awesome and very humbling. I can't tell you how good it feels to know that these principles are getting out and people are tuning in and coming back for more. We love you. Thank you, Team Happiness. I can't tell you how humbled I am as your happiness coach to get to play this role with you every week. It has just been an amazing journey over the last year to come on in here. And I'll tell you, for me personally, it has just been so awesome to have this weekly reminder and get to do the research and talk with these awesome people and just have this on my mind constantly. I thank you for being along for the ride. We love you. Keep spreading the goodness and tuning in. I also wanted to share this review from a listener that I just loved. The name of the person who left the interview was Nickname Echo. So whoever that is, thank you so much. They said, Every environment where these principles are applied becomes one that is happy, safe, and somewhere people want to be. I could not agree more. Thank you so much for the review. Again, it means so much to us and it really helps us out. If you are listening and appreciate the show and have not let yet, let's try that again, have not yet left a review. There we go. We would appreciate it so much and it really does help us out. So make sure you take that action whenever it's convenient for you, please. We appreciate it. Thank you. 
Encanto. Oh my goodness, you guys, I, okay, let me just gather my emotions here. You're gonna make fun of me. I know there's probably a lot of people who feel this way. I'm not special, but I love this movie so much. And it means so much to me and is just so good. This colorful, relatable animation focuses on the beauty of a family conquering hardships. And it is such a well-written and well-told and funny and engaging and visually appealing story. And I don't mean to overhype this movie, which I will say, if you haven't watched it yet, you may want to stop listening now and look for the lessons later to avoid spoilers because we're going to go deep today for like the two people listening who haven't watched it yet. And if you don't have a Disney Plus account, let me know. I'll share the login and you can go in there and check it out. Just kidding. That's probably not ethical. But anyway, if you haven't seen it, I really do feel bad for you. You're missing out. Go watch it now, please. Pause this. Go watch it. Come back. For the rest of us, we know that there's much more to this flick than its billboard chart-breaking hit. We don't talk about Bruno. There it is. It's already playing in your head, isn't it? I love that song, and I'll tell you what, it has become tradition every day. Actually, when we clean our living room with our kids, we turn that on, we crank it. It probably bothered the neighbors, but not really because they love the song too, because everybody does. If you don't love the song, I'm sorry we can't be friends. That's okay. Um, there's other good people as well you can be friends with. Um, just kidding, but not really. Anyway, it's worth noting as well that We Don't Talk About Bruno is actually the highest charting song from Disney in 26 years. When I was looking it up, 26 years ago, what movie was that? Beauty and the Beast or Little Mermaid? I don't even know. So this is like, this is a big deal. The song has over 101 million streams on Spotify so far. So anyway, okay, I'm I'm gonna get off the, you know, the gushing wagon there, but I do love the movie and I hope you do too. And I gotta tell you, I felt a lot of pressure putting this episode together because there's just so much goodness to unpack with this film and it means so much to me. And even though I was feeling the pressure like a drip, drip, drip that'll never stop because of all the play theory applications and knowing what to pull from, I narrowed it down to let go and play. And I found that most of the principles that really applied kind of fell under let go and play. And that's where we saw it pop up a lot in the film. So we're going to do a dive there. What does Encanto invite us to let go of in order to play the game of life better? The first thing we're going to talk about letting go of and how it relates to Encanto is labels, okay? When our protagonist, Mirabelle, or Mirabelle, briefs us on her family's magical powers in the opening song, The Family Madrigal, she is also introduced as a reluctant outsider looking in. And this is made very clear in the lyrics. Unlike her super strong sister Luisa or her shape-shifting cousin Camilo, Mirabel possesses no apparent skill that could contribute to the community or even earn her the affection of the family matriarch Abuela or Grandma for those who don't speak Spanish. This scene right after the opening song with this dialogue I think really sums it up nicely, this whole concept. So let's roll that. What are you doing? Uh, they were just asking about the family and... She was about to tell us about her super awesome gift! Oh, Mirabel didn't get one. You didn't get a gift? Um... Mirabel! Delivery! I gave you the special since you're the only Madrigal kid with no gift. 
I call it the not special special since uh, you have no gift. Thanks. Oh, and tell Antonio good luck. Last gift ceremony was a bummer. Last one being yours that, that did not work. Mm -hmm. If I was you, I'll be really sad. Well, my little friend, I am not. Because the truth is, gift or no gift, I am just as special as the rest of my family. Who wants more cake? All right, guys, where do I drop the wagon? Maybe your gift is being in denial. That's the other thing. This movie is hilarious. I think it's, honestly, in my opinion, it's one of the funniest Disney movies. And you can disagree with that. I know The Emperor's New Groove, in my opinion, is uh, number one. It'll be very hard to dethrone Emperor's New Groove, but it is a really funny movie. Anyway, the thing about this is it is often tempting for us as friends or family members to focus on our labels, our titles, and our gifts, and really tie those into our inherent self-worth. And that's what happens in the movie, right? There's all of these amazing gifted people in the family Madrigal, and their identity, their worth, is kind of tied to their gift. And then you have Mirabel, who doesn't have any gift, at least that's apparent, and she just, it's not like she's loathed or anything, but she's just kind of brushed aside, right? And many times we are given labels in our early years from loved ones with great intentions. And these labels can cause years of emotional harm and self-doubt. And we've all had abuela-like figures in our lives who are concerned with our well-being and progress, but often unintentionally put these labels on us, right? Anything from, why are you so messy? Or don't be sassy, or you're so slow. Just these passing comments can start to put labels on our psyche, and that can do a lot of harm. Now, don't get me wrong, as a parent especially, I know that giving correction and feedback is a crucial part to looking out for each other, but We've got to be careful about the labels we throw around. In many cases, perceived labels come from our pointing out the gifts and talents of some, but not all. And what do I mean by that? I mean, maybe somebody doesn't call you lazy, but they call somebody else in front of you hardworking and they don't acknowledge you. And that can start putting this label on you that, wow, they're always being praised for being hardworking. What does that mean I am? That must mean I'm lazy, right? And we see that Mirabel isn't always explicitly given these harmful labels in the movie, but is often just taking note of all the praise given to her siblings. With every acknowledgement of perfection, strength, and adaptability comes an internal comparison that leaves Isabella feeling well, not special. And it can be tricky, but as we practice letting go of labels, either ones that are put on us or ones that we're tempted to put on others, and focus on intention of our loved ones over the imperfect actions they're taking, we will be able to really embrace who we are and progress in powerful ways. We also need to let go of unmet expectations. This is another key theme in the movie. Although we mainly follow Mirabel's push and pull between insecurity and self-acceptance, this emotional turmoil is not just affecting her. The rest of her gifted and seemingly perfect family is also revealed 
to be crumbling and fractured under the weight of Abuela's expectations. Luisa's song, Surface Pressure, and Isabella's song, What Else Can I Do, are the most obvious examples of this. Both sisters had foregone important parts of themselves to subscribe to the family standards and Abuela's unhealthy expectations. Throughout the entire film, we hear the word perfect thrown around so many times. I have lost count after about 22 times, and then I get lost in the movie and all the fun music, but... They, they throw that word around intentionally because there's these unmet expectations. We're going to talk about perfectionism in just a minute. But we learn the importance of letting go of the expectations of others in order to understand our true value. It's only in the letting go and playing we see in the movie that the Madrigal family truly connects, repairs the relational damage done by these expectations, and comes together renewed and full of love. And of course, in Encanto, there is so much perfectionism, and that is something we definitely need to let go of, and that's a core theme in the movie and a core takeaway. The second daughter, Isabella, is the perfect one. In the movie, she is effortlessly beautiful and graceful. She is a metaphor for all the ways we believe perfection is the only option. About halfway through the film, though, we learn that she's only pretending everything is okay for the family and to please her abuela. When Isabella's truth is revealed, Mirabel, who at first resents her sister and who she called Senorita Perfecta, which means Miss Perfect, she suddenly begins to understand and feel for Isabella for the first time. For her part, the truth began to set Isabella free, so much so that she began to explore new dimensions of her gift. So in the film, she is perfect, right? Her hair is always perfect, and she has this ability to grow plants wherever she goes. And she often, in the first half of the film, we just see her growing beautiful flowers, and you assume that's all she can do is grow flowers. That kind of seems like her gift. But when she really starts to open up, to Mirabel, and they have this really fun song together, she starts exploring these new aspects of her gift. In her song, What Else Can I Do?, Isabella, Mirabel's sister, hints at the fact that a lot is hiding behind her perfect smile. A lot she feels she cannot share or do because she has to be perfect, and she's living up to this perfectionism that her abuela has. Everything is done exactly as expected and exactly as others need it to be. But Mirabelle helps her open up and Isabella begins to let go of that perfectionism. Isabella reveals during that song to Mirabelle, Mirabelle that she wasn't happy being perfect all the time. That she, in fact, didn't want to marry Mariano, her suitor and the guy she was about to be betrothed to. And the beautiful part of the scene is that she begins growing all these new things and but they're still good they're different right there's a cactus that's pokey but she sees the beauty in it and by the end of the song she's created so many different plants and is now covered in this bright colored i think it's pollen and she sings the line what can you do when you know who you want to be isn't perfect but i'll still be okay and it's this journey of her leaving behind and letting go of the perfectionism and finding beauty in the messier parts of life. 
I'm sure you can relate to that need to be perfect. We all deal with perfectionism in some way or another. The thing is, perfection is not possible. It's an illusion. And as Isabella learns, there is true beauty to be found in the imperfections of life. What could shift and open up for you if you let go of the need to be perfect? What could you do if you accepted that what you want to be is imperfect and that's okay? If you didn't have to be perfect, how might you show up more fully in your life? These are some great questions to consider. Okay, so the last thing that we're going to chat about today, this has been so good already, but the last thing we're going to chat about letting go of is our hurtful stories. Let's talk about Bruno. So Bruno is this core character, and at first he's in the shadows, and he's painted as kind of the villain, really. He's shrouded in mystery, and they even say in the opening song, we don't talk about Bruno, right? He's kind of just swept under the rug. It's like there's this shame around Bruno, right? And in many families, there are Brunos, someone who perhaps thinks differently from the rest, someone who tries to reach out but keeps being shunned, someone who is seen as a disappointment or whose disagreeable ways are actually the result of constant rejection, especially by the family. I think we all know people who fall into this category. But Mirabel, or Mirabel, sorry, I speak Spanish. It's so hard for me to say these with like a a gringo accent. But Mirabel in the movie becomes the key in reuniting the estranged Bruno with the family and making them see that he means well after all. His gift of seeing what the future holds for the Madrigal family, whether good or bad, is not his fault. So he has this gift of foresight and vision, right? But it's often misinterpreted because he would tell people things that were going to happen that were not desirable, and then they would come to pass and he would get blamed for it. So she helps the family understand that it's not his fault. And in the movie, his visions eventually caught up with the family and they had no choice but to confront the cracks that he foresaw that threatened to destroy their precious home and take the flame away from the symbolic candle that keeps the miracle alive. And again, I'm assuming you've seen the movie if you're listening to this, so it'll make sense if you've seen the movie, but probably not if you haven't seen it. Healing between Bruno and the family only begins when, at first just Mirabel, but eventually the whole family, let go of the hurtful stories they had told themselves for so many years and instead embraced the new and more accurate story that he actually sacrifices a whole lot to protect the family and Mirabel. So the song, we don't talk about Bruno, the whole premise is, again, painting him as this shameful reject of the family. And by the end of the movie, we see that he was misunderstood. It's also so cool. There's symbolism throughout this whole movie, and you can watch it a hundred times and learn something new about it every time. And I'm not quite in the hundreds yet, but I'm getting there. (laughs) But it's so cool because when we first get to really know Bruno in the film, we see him behind the walls actually trying to repair the cracks in the house and hold the home together, showing that he actually cared quite a lot about the family, but was misunderstood and had to resort to hiding in the walls and just, you know, viewing the family from afar, which is so sad. And it's an emotional roller coaster, this movie, my gosh. There's so many important elements and principles to take away here. 
But the key takeaway for me in letting go of the hurtful stories we tell about others who are misunderstood is that it's important to show compassion, but especially towards people who seem different than ourselves. This can only happen authentically when we let go of the hurtful and mean-spirited stories of others. By doing this, we will learn to see the inherent goodness in everyone, restrain from the harmful judgment that prevents connection and growth, and welcome all kinds of people into our lives. What hurtful stories do you tell yourself about somebody close to you? I want you to think about that. Who's somebody close to you and what hurtful stories do you have in your mind and heart about that person? Can you let go of that story? It's not easy to do, but if you can, you will be able to have true, authentic connection and repair all kinds of damage. What a powerful lesson we learned from Bruno and his quirky yet lovable personality. It's in leaving our ego at the door and welcoming those who are rejected, different, and hurting into our lives that we will truly begin to experience happiness firsthand. Now, we've talked a lot about letting go and playing, but we're going to have a really fun let go and play experience here in real time. So I don't care wherever you're listening to this right now, I want you to practice letting go and playing by dancing or singing, or both, to the song, We Don't Talk About Bruno. So I'm going to turn it on right now, and I want you to let go and play, all right? I don't care if people are watching. I want you to dance or sing to the song and let go and play. So are you ready? Here we go. Three, two, one. All right. I hope you were able to really let go and play and have some fun with that. That is so hard for us to let go of that perfectionism, to let go of those labels we're afraid people are going to put on us and those hurtful stories. But I'll tell you what, practicing let go and play in this way is going to really help you do so much repair and experience so much growth. Whether you're letting go of labels, unhealthy expectations, hurtful stories about others, or perfectionism, you will be so much better at being happy and repairing damaged relationships, as well as creating new ones with those around you, if you can practice and flex this skill. Coming up, I've had several awesome conversations with some very fun people, an animator who lives in the Netherlands, and then I've got a really awesome guest that we're going to have on the show, and I'm really excited. So in the coming weeks, we've got some awesome things in store. So want to get better at helping others tap into the power of play? Then tune in next time for a conversation that you won't want to miss. As always, remember that happiness is a skill and life is a team sport. And we are so glad to have you on the team. Catch you next week.